Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. The podcast you can get on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get podcasts. First time guest, doesn't really need much of an introduction. You know her, you love her. Brooke Olsendam, Blazers, sideline reporter and pre and post game studio host most nights. Brooke, Mm -hmm. how you doing? Good. How have I not been on before, Sean? This is I, really. I don't know. I've had. <laughs> I've had. We, we're like we're working through the Blazers broadcast team. I had Kevin on. I haven't gotten Lamar on. I, I should. I should get Lamar soon. But I had Kevin on. If I remember correctly, yeah, I had Kevin on right after Bill Shonley died because I figured those mm-hmm. guys had known each other for decades and he would be good to talk to about about that and he was great and that that was that was great but no i you're absolutely right that it's kind (laughs) of crazy that i haven't because we i mean we see each other all the time at games Mm -hmm. practices like we talk all the time and stuff but like i don't know it just it just hasn't happened but i'm glad that it's happening now me too no i i'm just giving you grief i'm just messing no i i i was uh hoping i was going to be on at some point so uh, this is lovely thank you for asking me And, and i appreciate it and this is the best time to be doing it obviously I'd, I'd have you on anytime but mm-hmm. february especially as as i'm sure anybody knows because you've been all over the place with it but the brooke hearts your heart initiative which is going on all of february definitely want to talk about that a little bit later and you know get into all that and you know mm-hmm. get into like how much money you've raised and what you're trying to do with it and how that's been going and how people have responded to it but also before we get to that mm-hmm. just kind of on a more big picture level how are you feeling about where this season is because this is this is a you've been you you your first year with the Blazers was when this is my ninth season so um uh we went to the playoffs my first six years right my personally so yeah. um yeah it's you know I I knew that that wasn't normal obviously we held the record for getting to the postseason the longest in the league so right. I knew that that was you know, we were pretty blessed and lucky in, in that situation. Obviously, the guys worked really hard, and I, I'm not taking away from anything that they accomplished. But as a reporter, and maybe you can attest, you kind of, you know, it's easy to get used to. <laughs> it's easy to get used to. And you had your staple in, in Dame, and and then, you know, with CJ as well, and then Nurk comes in. And, you you know, you're accustomed to the same, talking to the same guys, and, you know, you're accustomed to getting to the postseason. So it's different, but it, I was just talking about this with someone. I, I, it's not different bad, it's different good, because it's, for me, it's kind of starting over in the same job, if you will, mm-hmm. because now you know, I'm, I'm getting to know and uh, hopefully uh, continuing to earn the trust of you know, really young guys who haven't really, you know, had media in their in their lives, like, especially like a Shaden who didn't do, you know, college-wise. He came straight into it like cameras, which we we know Shaden and his, his love of cameras. <laughs> but uh, it's been fun for me because I'm like, okay, well then this is kind of like the new chapter in my story for since we are just talking about like my I guess uh, journey with the team that it's it's fun because you're getting to know all these young guys and it, it really has been like for me this season personal stories. Uh, you and I were obviously at practice uh, yesterday with talking with and how exciting that was for him and what a story he has and mm-hmm. then you got you know scoot number three which is an exciting pick that blazers haven't had that in the past such a high pick so it's just fun to tell the, the stories of new guys and i love our fan base because they understand it they're so smart they get it it's not necessarily about wins and losses right now and they've just kind of jumped on you know 
guys that they really like and they want to root for, you know, guys, people that love the, you know, Tumani hustle, understandable, Matisse and his defense. There's little storylines, not to mention just their personal stories like Duop, that have been fun for me to kind of dig deep and find out and then, you know, tell the, tell the audience. So it's been fun. It's kind of like rejuvenating because I'm like, okay, my job has actually really changed. You know, it's the same job, but it's a different approach than I, you know, had maybe my first six years. So it's been, it's different, but fun. And I, I love the, um, the guys, yeah, you've been around them, Sean, they're, yeah. they're a fun group. They're, uh, they really like each other. They're very respectful. Coaching staff is lovely and it's been, it's been different, but fun. Yeah, it's and how and here let me ask you this because like you and you and I are not exactly the same age, but we're like relative, like roughly in the same age range. And you know the way what people say, you know, the longer you do this, like you keep getting older, these guys stay the same age. So it's like these guys are coming in, and it's like it, I, I will I won't forget this. So I was at I was at their I, one of the few road games I've done this year is I was at their season uh, opener in LA against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And we were at UCLA that morning for shoot around and I pulled out my recorder, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't record in, right? This is a little bit of behind the curtain stuff. I don't use, I don't record, you know, interviews and stuff on my phone. I have an actual standalone digital recorder just cause I like to kind of keep that stuff separated. I pulled that out and Scoot was obviously who we were talking to that day because you know, it's, you know, the number three overall pick making his actual NBA debut. So you know, I pull that thing out and Scoot looks down at him and you know how Scoot is. He's so like enthusiastic and, 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 yeah. and just like very, you know, very green with, with this type of stuff. But he looks down and he's like, Oh, what is that? I've never seen that before. And I had to remind myself that I was a freshman in high school the year that Scoot was born. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, and, you know, it, with, and, you know, you, you, you know, these guys, you know, you, you know, you, you, you know, these guys even better than I do. Cause you're on the road with them and you're on the team playing and you stay at the same hotels as them and all that kind of stuff. But like Dame and I are the same age. So like we, you know, listen to the same, some of the same music or have some of the same, you know, interests as far as stuff, because we grew up around the same time. How do you go about like relating to guys and finding things to, you know, be icebreakers with them when these guys are literally children? Yeah, no, it's, I try not to do the math a lot, <laughs> like when I, yeah. I don't want to <laughs> because it is funny, like, especially, you know, when we talk about student, when it was his birthday and, and, yeah. you know, Kevin kind of, we were just joking about, like, man, what a, what a different period of life, I mean, that he is in than when we are in, but it's, you know, for me that my approach is, it has changed, Sean, it's different. Um, When I was in Indiana, I was closer to their age and there was actually a couple of guys that were older than me on the team. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about everyday stuff that they were going through the shows we were watching and so that that approach was like more like yeah kind of on the same level like not level in terms of what we're interested in uh, age-wise all that and then as as I get older and you're right they're actually not they're not even staying the same age they're getting younger it feels like yeah <laughs> but it's more of like a big sister for me approach because you know I got a guy, a guy like Shaden who I really last year in his first year I explained to him like what was going on with cameras, the red light, that's a tally light because he has, you know, full of questions. And so that was like a fun thing for me to be like, okay, I, I'm going to teach him or let him know every little detail that's going on because he wants to know. And uh-huh. hopefully that would be, you know, I can gain his trust that way. And he'll know that, you know, that's, I'm a trustworthy person in, in his life, in the media. And so that was like kind of my little challenge with Shaden and we, he's come so far. I mean, I heard he was just, and I I've seen the videos. He was just awesome. Uh, rising stars just you know going around bopping around and talking to everyone and was fantastic mm-hmm. so i kind of um more of like 
how you do it, like a, a I mean, I mean, to be quite honest, more of a motherly figure. <laughs> than anything. I mean, it's true. You know, I'm checking in on guys. I know if something's going on in their life, you know, congratulations. I know their families, you know, and they make sure that's a really big thing for me is to find their families, get to know them. And so, you know, I'm a lot of, how's your mom doing? How's the, you know, how's your sister? And I, it's really more about that, like connecting with them, but also connecting with their families so that they know that, you know, they can trust me. Both, both parties can trust me, but it is, it's different. I mean, I'm not going to go up to Scoot and say, you know, did you watch the most recent, we are like some real some TikTok thing. I don't know what, I don't even know what the kids are doing, like watching. I don't know what, like I hear about like the names of like these, artists like these rappers that these guys are listening to now and i'm just i've just like i've fully accepted that i'm washed and like i've never heard of any of them so i'm not gonna like pretend be like oh yeah i listen to that too like (laughs) that's why i was like pretty jacked about super bowl i was like okay i i can get into this this is my world i can get into this so i'm i actually am curious uh, I would like to know if the young guys knew who Usher was. <laughs> I'm sure well, they Scoot did, does. But... I mean, Scoot. Remember yeah. at the at the, uh, at the fan fest, Scoot saying that they had the rook. They made the rookies do karaoke as their hazing thing, and Scoot mm-hmm. sang the Mary J. Blige song. So, like, you know, Scoot awesome. is like, Scoot's gonna know what that is. And you know, J- Jeremy's a little bit older. Jeremy's old enough that he probably met Malcolm and so, a, li- a few of the older guys probably, yeah, probably it's... probably appreciated the Usher performance i think but. they did i think so i would i would have to believe it but yeah Usher. i mean i guess everyone knows who usher is but i mean the amount of hits i i, I was watching with some friends and they kept you know coming on you're like i forgot about this one i forgot about this one it was just a blast from the past he left and hits so. on the table too like he I didn't know. play you remind me he didn't play like there's like dj got us like there's like 10 there's like 10 other songs he didn't do it's crazy but yeah i guess it was just a certain amount of a lot of time so i get it but uh, i got the same thing but that was fun but yeah it's to to kind of wrap a uh, tie a bow on it it's it's a different approach but i I really feel like uh these guys they ask me anything you know like i said about shade and like specific things about how you know broadcasting is done and all that and then you know scoot i feel like has really come a long way just he's really he's such a, i think he's like an old soul i've kind of always felt that way yeah. this year that he's just he's been through not through but he's he's experienced a lot more than a, someone at his age has in terms of basketball the basketball world he's experienced so much and so it's it's fun to watch him kind of come into his own not just on the basketball court but you know my own mind works my mind and yours probably a little bit too it's I was like he's come so far. Oh, I'm talking about interviews, but yes, basketball too. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Like we talk about, you know, we just had uh, today. We're recording this like a few hours after practice, and Ant was the guy that talked at practice, yeah. and he's so good now. And like also not as far as like interviews, and like he actually, you know, he's he's really stepped into that. Whereas like you go back to when he was a rookie, like he would say like two words. He was kind of where Shade and. Mm-hmm. is that now and i'll never i'll never forget this i've told this i've told this story before and i think danny's told this story too but uh the preseason game in seattle last year mm-hmm. which was the first time that us as media members were allowed into the locker room in like three years because they had us out not allowed in for a few years because of covid but this was mm-hmm. the first year that they finally let us back in and these guys are you know shaded and you know these these guys these are all kids who are like this is their first exposure to the nba so they have no mm-hmm. idea what to do with like us being in the mm-hmm. locker room and so we go in there and just kind of you know saying hi just trying to make it not that awkward and mm-hmm. danny meringue notices that 
Shaden has some Kobe's that he recognizes his some shoes at his locker. And he just goes up to him and he's like, Hey, like you, do you always play in Kobe's like what, which Kobe's are those? And Shaden just gets this total like deer in the headlights. Like he looks at Rasan, uh, the PR. Can guy, I answer? And he's like, he's like, he's like, is this, is this an official interview question? And we had to like, Danny and I had to explain the two of us since like we're in the locker room all the time. We have to explain to these guys yeah. that like, if you are doing an interview and it is on the record, you will know because we have our phones out or our can or our cameras or our recorders or whatever. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, you, we will ask you specifically, do you have time to answer a few questions? Otherwise, if we're just like asking you about your shoes or asking you about mm -hmm. like your, what clothes you're wearing or whatever, or just, you know, video games or whatever else, mm -hmm. like we're just talking and it's not going to be like something that gets blasted out on social media that you're going to have to like worry about getting back to you. or anything. Totally. And that's how you, and yeah. you know this better than anybody because you're around these guys even more than anybody, but like, that's how you build trust with these guys and build the real relationships so that when you do need them for something they know that like you're not going to burn them or you're not just like out to yeah. get some gotcha thing with them. 100. that's why you know, and it's so important for us to get things right when when i go back and do a story on like during the game it's like a voiceover i'm not on camera or anything and it's a, it's essentially restating a quote from someone you met if you get one word wrong you can change the entire point of the quote right. you know and so it's just so important i say that to when i first meet guys too i'm like just so you know i will i said the same thing i'll never burn you i will always make sure to tell your story or your opinion or your thoughts exactly how you sold them to me and it's a, it's it's really important and i think that you know the, the longer you're um, you, you cover these guys and they see that they see your work you know that your stories they watch rewatch games they see stories that i've done you know, you build your trust that way. So it's super important. Mm -hmm. but I wanted to add one thing to your, when you were talking about Anthony, the other night when Milwaukee came to town, obviously the Dame game is, as we are uh, calling it, right. you know, obviously Dame was wonderful in the pregame interview. I, I just grabbed him for a couple of questions and he was wonderful. And uh, that was like one of the, I mean, to me, like that was a, something I'll remember forever, but then it was like the perfect ending to a night where Anthony ends up getting the game winner and he's the post game interview and he was absolutely fantastic that that interview I was like I remember I kind of like welled up inside like this is oh, Anthony like this is and he's been so great you know he's made it or he's he's gotten to yeah you know. it was like a moment I'm like you know this is your moment you know this is your moment this it was just fantastic he gave props to Dame as you know he he should and then just said but we had a game we came out to win and uh, it was just an amazing post game interview and I'm like that that right there is an amazing part of tonight and I just give him a ton of props yeah and so going back to something you were talking about a little bit earlier and this is something that I've kind of had to navigate this year too in the work that I'm doing obviously me more on the written side than on the you know doing stuff on tv and on video side that you do but mm -hmm. when you're going into a season where everybody you know they trade dame and they get you know get as young as they are everybody kind of knows going into the season that the goal of the season is not necessarily to make the playoffs and it's more about developing the young guys and kind of positioning themselves long term and because of that and i found this in like the what, what i decide to write and what i decide not to write the game to game results stuff in a season like that does not matter at all. Right, you know, right. At least in terms of like what moves the needle, like what people are interested in reading about or what people are interested in hearing about on the broadcast in your case. Whereas, you know, the last few years, you know, when they had Dame and they had Nurk and they had all these, you know, more veteran guys, CJ before that, and they're trying to make the playoffs, it matters so much more like 
the result of every game. And I would imagine from your end and from your guys' end, from a broadcast standpoint, that affects, you know, how you go about, you know, some of these stories that you're telling, like you might focus more on the on-court stuff because that stuff Mm -hmm. is more pertinent in a season where the goal is to make the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs than it is in a season like this, where it's like, well, nobody's watching this game, expecting these guys to win a title. So it's a little bit easier to just like get more into guys, personal stories and maybe divorce it a little bit from, you know, what's actually happening, like where they are in the standings or whatever. Is, is that kind of what you're finding too? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you, you know, there are storylines with, with players, like we just talked about Scoot coming from, you know, so much pressure at the beginning of the season. And he's talked about, you know, how Chauncey and the staff have been so wonderful about, you know, this is what, you, this is the way, these are ways you'll improve your game, focus on, you know, going downhill, finishing all that. And he, you just watching his progression. So that's been a storyline we continue to go back to Scoot's progression. And it, you're right. It's not about wins or losses right now. It's about these guys and how they are improving personally and uh, on the floor and just with each other. Like we, we really have been talking a lot about lately about DA and Anthony and their connection because they didn't, they weren't able to play together, you know, and that's a storyline. So the game to game seeing how they're figuring out each other's games and their other, the other, each other's tendencies, that's a story. And then you got like the personal stuff, like we mentioned Dwap and, and all that. And some of these guys, families and their lineage Body. and yeah, Baji. Oh God, Baji, Baji, Baji. My favorite was, uh, and I've talked about it before, but when we'd have this amazing um, interview on the road, and you know, at the at the end, I I asked him about his hair, you know, and it was you know very you know white yeah, blonde. Remember this? Remember this? And it was like yeah. the most like moving answer. He's like, I wasn't standing out. I was talking to my my family, and they said we'll do something different, you know, and to stand out, and because I kept getting overlooked. So he has this amazing story about dyeing his hair blonde, you know, and then it's like things changed, you know. And it was, it was just really moving. And it was like kind of deep. It was deep. It was deeper than the hair. And then, so the next day at, at the game, uh, I heard, uh, so I heard someone say, uh, who was in the truck who could see Baji because I was in the back waiting for a coach's interview. And they're like, didn't, didn't we do a whole thing on with his hair being blonde? I'm like, yeah. And I think it was John LaCroft or someone. He's like, it's, it's back to normal. I was like, what? And I sprinted out. And I was like, Baji, what the heck? What did you do? He's like, it was just not the right hue. I just wanted, I'm going to go back to it. It was just so funny. I was like, Baji, you got up. He's, he's, he's the, and I, that, see that, that's the type of stuff that I, and I mean, we had to go through all this stuff this summer with dealing with the Dame trade request and all mm-hmm. the stuff, you know, just, having having to deal with that stuff even though there was nothing to talk about and it was just annoying to have to deal with but like the stuff that that, this is the stuff you love about Mm -hmm. this like i i i remember so baji i actually did the first i i did a story on baji last like probably around this time last year like Mm -hmm. kind of in the dog days of the season and it you know i talked to a bunch of people like from basketball without borders and you know joe let me talk to schmitz about him because schmitz was the guy in the front office that was really on him and I, you know, I got like his whole backstory and I did, I'm pretty sure this might've been like one of the first interviews that he ever did. And like, at that point, like he was just like, so like, he couldn't even believe that anybody wanted to talk to him mm-hmm. and he was so like, not used to it. And, you know, being totally honest, his English was still kind of rudimentary at the time. I talked to him again, a few months later, at, we were in Vegas for summer league and he was actually playing. And I talked to him, I did an interview with him out at Summer League. And then afterwards, after we were done with the actual interview, I commented to him that I thought his English had just gotten so much better from mm-hmm. where it was in the season. And he looks at me, I mean, you, you know how he is, like how like soft-spoken he is. He looks at me, yeah. he's like, when I see you in the locker room, 
I want you to come talk to me so that I can work on my English. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, that is so sweet. That's the kind of stuff, that's the type of stuff or like, you know, just, you know, seeing the, you know, the, the like, you, you know, you mentioned with like, with WAP getting his contract yesterday and like the, mm -hmm. the video that Matisse put out with him a few weeks ago where his whole story is out there. And now it's like, when you see that stuff or, you know, you see, you see somebody like, uh, like, uh, who's, who's another, like Scoot, we kind of expected because he's a third overall pick, but like somebody like Chris Murray, who was like not playing yeah, that much early in the year. Oh. And then he, you know, was playing in the remix. And now, you know, since that, since he's within the G league, like Chauncey puts him out there and he actually looks like he knows what he's doing. And he looks a little bit more comfortable yeah. out there. And then as, as that happens, like, confidence wise when you're just talking to him you he feels a lot more like he belongs there like you see that kind of stuff develop over time which player has surprised you the most this year as far as like personality like getting personality. to because so many new guys are getting to know who's who's kind of surprised like oh i didn't expect this guy to be like this or i didn't expect you know to know this about this person or something i would like that. say i would say um i don't know if it was surprising because i had heard and already knew uh how intelligent he was but Matisse has been a pleasure, mm -hmm. just an absolute pleasure to talk to. And I wish that, you know, I, I'm kind of jealous of uh, our massage therapist because uh, and, and our trainers and all that, because when they're working on him, you know, they get, they get him one-on-one -on -one and they get to talk to him for uh -huh. so long, like hours on end. And I've heard them say, we got, we started talking about like historic, like historical figures or, you know, you, you guys know, he reads all the time, the book yeah. he's reading and he's very philosophical. I mean, I literally watched an entire, I think it was maybe 20 minutes, give or take of Casey Holdall and Matisse post game in uh, the locker room on the road, the, discussing the differences of peanut butter and, and jelly versus the crustables and the preservatives and it all. And Matisse out of nowhere has a very strong opinion on this. And Casey's like, <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was so funny because Matisse can be a passionate, I mean, he's, he had to have been an argumentation class in high school or Probably. college because he's really good at, it. he doesn't get so, you know, too high, too low. He's very even keeled, very balanced. Um, but he is just so incredibly smart. And there, we, there have been a couple interviews I've done with him where it's so funny. Like he said this, I go, I'll ask him a question. Like when you're going for a deflection, what is the is there a thought process is it all instinct or something like that like let, let's i know i've asked him that before and he waits he always waits a beat let me know if you if you've experienced this but he'll wait a yeah because he wants to think about what he's saying yeah. before he says it yeah, yeah he really wants and he's really thoughtful and then he goes and he kind of laughs he goes you know that's funny i was just talking about this with jeremy and like little things he doesn't have to say that they really add to the interview because it's like yeah. really good to know him and his personality so I, I just think that he's um, he's very uh, a special human being, and you know he's been he's he's been through some stuff too, um, some tragedy, and he's uh, he's really he's really uh, thoughtful in his answers, thoughtful about the game. But you can tell like he's passionate about it, but he has a passion for a lot of different things outside yeah. of basketball too. And so I'm always interested in stuff like that, where you know you could make let's be serious, you're a professional athlete, professional basketball player, you could make that your identity right because that's enough you know yeah. I, I play in the nba that, that's what you need to know about me i've made it this far you know but that's not that's not what all matisse is there's so much more to him so i would say it's not surprising but it's uh, it's been really uh it's been fun and different i guess to have these conversations with him and and then he's playful too like i always joke with him he's like a man of the world right and he's yeah. just kind of very simple like i could see him living in the in the forest and figuring out you know on his own with no tools or anything he just figured out but he, he whenever he's done warming up or working out or whatever he takes his shoes off 
Yep. He never had shoes on. And so I started calling him, hey, hey, Socks McGee. And that's just taken <laughs> off. And I call him Socks, who's now short as Socks. But like, so I don't even call him Batista anymore. I guess call him Socks. <laughs> well, it's not even, I'll, I'll tell I'll do you one better. Uh, and Danny and I have been talking about this the whole year. And like, but, and, you know, I think we even like have brought this up with him before, but like, he will come like, because the two of us get to the arena pretty early and we like to just kind of stand out on the court mm-hmm. and watch different guys warm up and just see who comes in and, and, and out and whatever. But, Matisse will walk out and he, he will walk out in to the court in his socks, mm-hmm. carrying his shoes. And then he'll sit down on the bench and yeah. put his shoes on and then go out and, you know, do whatever he's going to do on the court. So he's like, he's like, he will, he's like somebody who likes to ha- be wearing shoes as little as possible. Yeah, he'll wear them while he's out on the court doing basketball stuff and, no, and not a moment beyond that for, before or after. It, the Kevin Clavro, t- I was telling Kevin this story and it was, so, or he, we were, I think we were in LA. I, I'm positive we were in LA and Kevin and I were on the bus or at the arena at some point that day. And I was like, what'd you do today? And Kevin likes to get out and walk. He's a big walker. So uh-huh. usually wherever we're at, um, we'll at least go on a couple mile walk. So he, he was like, yeah. So I was, I was getting back from my walk and I was sitting outside and, and I see this, 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 guy this shape come out of the across the street out of like the trees like he just appeared out of nowhere and he had uh, no shoes on he had, it was in bare feet and with a book and it, you know short these pants that were shorter than normal i was like who's this character and then he got closer i was like oh that's batista <laughs> he was like i was like oh batista i can i was like i can totally see that he's just out in the walk batista no shoes on outside like probably like just putting his feet in the in the grass because that's what he does but yeah he's he's a very interesting individual in the most positive way have you seen the have you has he shown you the watch no i have you not know? seen the watch what's the watch oh my god so when I when I when I ask you when I say that when I say that sentence when I say you know has this NBA player who's making ten million dollars a year or whatever he's making mm-hmm. has he shown you his watch what what is the first thing you think that that probably well now is? I'm overthinking it and now I think I've figured it out so you would think it would be some fancy Roly but it's probably what like a swatch wash or something that he's it is a he came he came in I, this was like October or November this would have been like pretty early in the season he comes in the locker room and he's so excited about this like like you guys need to see this watch and. <laughs> It, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. It is like a. It is a fifteen dollar Casio watch with a cloth yeah. strap. It's like a digital watch, and he will like. Sh- he like. And he was like getting super excited about how like, you know, if you push the buttons, it'll cycle through the different time zones. Like, <laughs> like that's the type of like. I, I literally, literally, it was like a. It was like a fifteen or twenty dollar Casio watch that like you had when you were a kid. It was like a digital yeah. watch. It was not any kind of like. You would expect, you know, you expect an NBA player to have some, you know, hundred thousand dollar watch, yeah. like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like it. That's and so and awesome. Matisse is like, it's like the absolute, absolute opposite of that. It's been, and so it's 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 fun to like get you know get to know like little quirks of kind of those guys. One hundred. That does not surprise there. me whatsoever. The watch thing that is very much a Matisse move. I, I'm going to have to ask him to see it. He'll be so excited to show it off. <laughs> And you know, you know that somebody like Jeremy, who's like totally into fashion, is looking. I mean, the the, the friendship between those two has been kind of a fun mm-hmm. thing to kind I of watch too. But Jeremy, you know, when you look at like the clothes that Jeremy wears, you know, he's looking at Matisse's like fifteen dollar wa- digital watch and being like, "Dude, what are you doing?" <laughs> but at the same time, he probably appreciates it because he knows his buddy Matisse. You're right; their friendship yep. is cool. They find each other in the locker room. They're always seeing see him next to each other post game, pre game, and they just have a really great friendship. And they really complement each other well their personalities like it makes sense to me that those two would gravitate towards each other closer in age also but 
uh, you know, thinkers, thinkers, and it makes sense to me that they're friends. One last actual uh, actual basketball question before we okay. get to the uh, the hard the hard stuff. What, like, who who has surprised you the most as far as what they've done on the court this year? Somebody, mm-hmm. something you didn't expect, somebody that broke out, somebody that like you didn't know they had something in their game, or just like 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 what is what has impressed you the most about this team? I would say, and this is not going to surprise you really much at all, but the, the Duop read threes have been, just been one of my favorite things all year long. It's I want them to shoot more. Every time he shoots them, I think they're going in. I get excited. I'm like, yes, Duop, yes. So that just a big man that can do that and has that range. And, you know, it's. I think sometimes we, and I, and I know Nurk started shooting more towards the end when he was with us, but it's, you see some big men put, putting that in their game. And some of them have been amazing at it, but then it's kind of like, well, you, they get a little bit of a pass because you know, they're centers or whatever. So like if they're, let's shoot like 30%, well, that's, that's pretty, you know, 25%. Well, it's not bad for a big guy, but Dwop like is out there like guard shooting these threes. Like he's, it's not just a, a fluke. And he gets them up. He gets them up. So that's been really fun. Um, I've just, and I just I think I root him on, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like Scoot's come so far with his finishing and getting into the paint and decision-making. That's recently, I feel like that has been like the biggest jump in his game where he, you know, kind of goes downhill, but it's not like, oh, what do I do now? Like he kind of is the floor vision, you see it coming together. So that's been fun for me. And I, I always expected it to, but uh, just that's been something that I've noticed. And then also I knew... Malcolm was obviously all the awards that Malcolm obviously you know hadn't played before All Star, but the way that he can just command a court, you know, go out there and you see the savvy, you know, vet, vet in him, which is super for a team that's so young. But just being, able, I guess, I kind of forget sometimes, you know, the talent of a player, especially you know if they are on a team I don't get to watch very much, or I have, you know, they are in a different, uh, they play on the East Coast or whatever, so. I knew, you know, the name Malcolm Brown and you know, all his accolades, but watching him on the floor and like, think I can't, rec- I can't even remember how many times, so many i had said to Chauncey, like in a pregame interview, like, what would we do without Malcolm right now? Oh, thank goodness for Malcolm, you know, just coming in, doesn't make mistakes often and can put up 30 and makes it look easy. And it's just been such a pleasure to get to know as well. He's another really smart one, Yeah, he but is. his, his game, I mean, I'm like, wow, I, I guess I forgot how good he was and he's really good. So that, that's a, it was a pleasant surprise for, for me to, to see Malcolm when he was, you know, starting and, or, or coming off the bench, but you always know what you're going to get from Malcolm. And as coach uh, Billups always says, he's like another coach out there on the floor. So that has been a very uh, nice addition, I think to this squad, especially with how young they are. Yeah, no, Mal- Malcolm has, he's been, I mean, th- this is, I keep telling people, this is why they didn't trade him at the deadline, because they just, he's such a stabilizer, and having him there has been really good for Scoot. I mean, you probably, again, because you're on the team playing, and you see more of the behind-the-scenes interactions than I do. You know, I get the 30 minutes that we're allowed in the locker room. You get a lot more than that, but you talk to any of the young guys and they all have, will talk about how Malcolm is somebody that yeah. it's not even just like the on-court stuff, how he makes stuff easier for them on the court, but also like, he's like really involved in the players union. So he's like giving them financial advice. He's mm-hmm. trying to kind of help them adjust to NBA life and stuff in that way. I'm sure you see a lot of that type of stuff more behind the scenes, even than I do. They, and they eat it up. They love it. They, they realize like, man, this guy has done a lot in his time in the NBA. And, and he's just, it's, it's almost like his voice too, like his, his tone, like he has a very calming, like fatherly figure. Well, he is a father. Of two he girls. sounds like a professor. He does. He does. He definitely does. 
And so, you know, when you're a young guy wanting to soak up all this knowledge, he's kind of the perfect person, especially for the point for a point guard to just be like, tell me everything, you know, <laughs> and, and Malcolm is, he said it many times uh, to us that that is part of his role. And this part of, in this uh, part of his NBA career and on this team specifically, he's like, I'm here to help the young guys. Yeah, I'll get out there and give you my all every time, you know, I, I play, you know, you're going to get that for me. But part of my role too, is to help Chauncey. And you see Chauncey and Malcolm talk all the time. Yeah. And like pregame, uh, they are, I mean, which I think is just so cool that Chauncey, you know, sees is, is very well aware of the, the knowledge that Malcolm has and he trusts him so much so that he, they can talk shop, you know, and, and he asks him his opinions on things. And, and I think he's the perfect guy for a scoot to, to sit back and watch and learn from and say like, that's what hard work and let me think, think of how long he's been in the league. Think that's what hard work gets you and smart decision make decision making and just being a, gr a great team player. And that is definitely what Malcolm is. And he's been wonderful. Uh, yeah, he really has. So getting now to the reason that you've been kind of out on the, you know, the whole basically month long media <laughs> tour, uh, basically throughout February, the, Bro the Brooke Hearts Your Heart uh, initiative that you're doing mm -hmm. with the blade you've been doing this was how long now how many years is this this is my fifth year doing brooke hearts your heart fifth year okay and so you started this and you know i'll link to the video mm -hmm. in the Thank post you. and in the show notes but you did a i want to say five so five years ago when you first started you did a whole long sit down interview with lamar where you mm -hmm. kind of went into the whole story of you know what happened to your husband, Andy. And then, and that's the reason that you're doing this. If people want, I'm not going to make you a, I don't want to make you go through you know, talking about that again. And B, I can't do as good of a job as talking yeah. through it as, as Lamar did. So I'm not going to try, but I would rec anybody who has not watched that video, I would recommend going and doing that just to kind of get a background on what you, what, what Brooke is doing and why Brooke is doing this, but just kind of the broad strokes of like, what are you trying to do with this? What, you know, what, what is, what is, what is the end game here? So thank you so much. I appreciate all of that, Sean. Uh, but that, that video actually in particular, if I can tell a quick story, uh, mm -hmm. one of the, one of the, we did one year one, year two, we try to do something a little bit different every year uh, mm -hmm. to you know shine light on different things. And one of my sit downs with Lamar was talking about, you know, listening to your body because my husband who passed away was an amazing athlete. I mean, in perfect health that we thought. And uh, he would just really cardio would get him really extra tired for it, it didn't make sense. We just thought it was one of those things like, you know, he's just a little a quirking thing that he really hated cardio because he was a quarterback and he was a really good prof uh, professional right. athlete, athlete. So it wouldn't, you're just like, well, he just doesn't like running. But we uh, now, now that we know what we did and he obviously he passed away in running on a treadmill from a heart attack from Carter artery that uh, he was exerting like 10 times more energy than the average person would because of the blockage. And so I just talked about that with Lamar saying, one of the things I want to talk about is listening to your body and, and paying attention to those around you because there is no family history. We didn't know anything that we didn't know that he had this condition until sadly after he passed away. But uh, now that we look back, you know, you think, Oh, okay. If, now that I know what I know, through the work I've done with the Heart Association, that's a sign, it's a, a red flag I would have noticed. Uh, why do you get so like amazingly exhausted when you, you are in such great shape? So I talked about that with Lamar. A good friend of mine from college called me and said, hey, I watched that video and I just, I don't know why, but I had this feeling I needed to show it to my sister. And she goes, and because it's a similar, because my sister's in great shape, she owns her own fitness studio. And 
that like does classes all the time. But I sent it to her. I said, please watch this. Just I don't know why I just felt like I needed you to see this. And if you feel like there's any similarities there. So she watched it, a sister, and she's like, you know, I, 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 I think that that I might, you know, I, I'm going to get checked out just to be safe. And she went in and she had a condition and she ended up having to go into emergency heart surgery, like right after that, which I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's mind blowing. So that right there, that's one of the things we wanted to people to pay attention to. And that's again, in the video you'll see, but that's really, really to be completely honest, Sean, yeah, raising money and, and donating it to the American Heart Association is wonderful. And they do such amazing work and the research they're doing is saving lives. But just if, if I, I said, if I can at least affect one person, you know, or I didn't even think saving a whole life. But when that first happened and she called me, I was like, that that's why. That's the reason why. And so if I can continue to, I've talked to a bunch of people that just had maybe some life changes. Like they, you know, they're watching their red meat intake. They're drinking more water you know, less, less bubbles, all these, all these little life changes just to get healthier, you know, and, and take care of your heart. And if you go on AHA uh, and trailblazers.com slash heart, there's so much information, more information that AHA does such a good job of like explaining things. There's uh, hands only CPR, bunch of information that if you just take five minutes, it could end up saving your life, someone else's. So just make it, awareness is a word that, you know, is thrown around a lot, but awareness about this particular issue, which is heart health, we all should be more aware of it because it affects, it has affected us all in one way or another. The amount of stories people have come up and talked to me about personally, whether it happened to them, whether it happened to someone, something similar to someone they love, it's just, it affects everyone. So if we can just be a little bit more aware uh, of it and things that we can do to, to be healthier and take better care of our heart and, and those hearts around us. So that, the awareness is, is definitely number one. And then all this, that you, this amazing fan base of ours and people around the world actually that have donated, it's just, it's been mind blowing and they're doing great work at the AHA and we're already doing great uh, raising money this year. We're on pace as we were in the last four years, which it's just crazy to me because I think, man, we did so great this year. I'm so grateful, but are they going to donate? Are they going to donate again next year? Like I'm already worried about the next year and if we're going to, you know, meet what, what goals we have and we already have. And a big shout out to Jody Allen who donated $10,000 uh, to the fund. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, right. Yeah. I shed a tear. She did last year as well. And so I wasn't expecting her again. I don't expect people to, do anything but i when i got that note from annie who runs brook hearts your heart she said have you checked your your funds today and, I'm like, and i usually am like don't you do like but i hadn't done it yet that day refreshing and it I, just constantly like, like yeah yeah it's yeah. like i'm everyone's like you're on your phone all the time well, I'm, looking, I'm checking my numbers i'm checking the numbers but uh yeah i had a feeling but i didn't want to get too excited and i opened it and it said you know joey allen ten thousand dollars i'm like oh my gosh so that was just unreal and we already had reached our five thousand which is very important because the Blazers matched the first 5,000. So, so this is 10 uh, grand that Jody donated on top of the, on top of, of everything. personal gift. Yes. Personal donation. And that's uh, before we have even put, so right now we're a little over 16,000, which is so great. Thank you so much to everyone. Again, that does not include the 5,000 that Blazers will match. And then it does not include the proceeds from the heart, uh, Brooke hearts, your heart hats that we did this mm -hmm. year, which uh i i really love them i think they're fun and everyone can wear them and that will be factored in afterwards after the month of february and then also partial um proceeds from if you go to that website or trailblazers.com heart and go down scroll down you can buy tickets to the game on the 27th and 
but it has to be on that page against the Miami Heat. You can stay after, go down the floor, shoot free throws, and then as soon as I'm done with the post game show, I'll come join you, and that will be kind of a, a way to way to kind of wrap up the the month uh, with you know people around you that are supportive, which I just couldn't again. Th- I can't thank everyone enough. Yeah, and this stuff is so important because I mean, like 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 you said, everybody has somebody that whether it's not whether it's you know, you yourself or somebody in your family or your extended family or a friend of yours probably has somebody in their extended family that has dealt with heart issues or heart mm-hmm. disease or any of that kind of stuff. It's one of, it's one of those things that everybody has mm-hmm. had something happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and I've actually never talked about this publicly before, but do you remember, do you remember, uh, I don't remember if you were there that day, but mm-hmm. there was a summer league practice. This was not, a this past summer, it was the previous summer, but I, we were there just, you know, it was one of those practices they have at the, at the facility before, uh, you know, before they actually fly out to Vegas. And we were in the middle of interviewing Trendon Watford, Mm -hmm. who was on the team at the time. And just in the middle of the media scrum, I just like passed out and I don't, and Luckily, like there's a Providence clinic literally like right next to the, uh, you know, right next to the practice facility. So like, you know, like Jessica was like giving me Gatorade and stuff like, like, like yeah. the training staff, like all, you know, they did a great job. But like they took me over there and they ran a bunch of like those EKG stuff. And it turns out nothing was wrong. But like, and it was just like, I, I don't know, I must have just been like dehydrated or something. And that was why that happened. But yeah. like, that could have been something. Definitely. And from then on, it was just like, okay, I need to really like, should I get this other stuff checked? And then Mm -hmm. luckily, thank God, in my case, nothing ended up actually coming out of it as far as any kind of conditions that I needed to monitor. But it was like, going through all those tests, it was just like, I could easily see how like somebody who didn't know that they had some sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, then gets checked out. And then they realize, oh, I could be dead next week if I didn't get this looked at right now. Yeah. Well, so you know, the and- fact that just anybody, you know, if anybody looks at, you know, what you're doing and says, oh, I should go get checked out and that helps somebody, then, you know, that's, that's a, that's a really good thing that you're doing. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you're, you're okay. And that's, yeah. at least, you know, what you got out of that with some peace of mind, you know, like that. Okay. Well, that's few, yeah. you know, but yeah, that stuff is scary. And I, I'm thinking this, the train, thinking this, it happened. I mean, I, yeah weirdly but it happened there where you had people around you that could come to your side and aid you so that's yeah that stuff is scary but i'm glad that you got yeah. those tests and everything and it's actually yeah. funny because like for like six months after that like every time i'd walk into the into the locker room and i this must have been just like scary for trendon in the moment like seeing that happen while he was the one being interviewed but like and you know trendon trendon's like the nicest guy in the world but, oh, like, the nicest. but like I'd walk in and train it every single time. He'd look at me and be like, my man, are you good? You good? Oh, I, <laughs> like, can totally see that. I can totally see that. If, yeah. If you were talking to anyone, it, it was probably the best. Trenton might've been the best person too. Cause yeah, yeah, he'll remember and he'll make sure you're good. He's, he was, yeah. he was a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, I guess it, it doesn't get said enough, but yeah, just take care of, you got to take care of yourself, people around you uh, do the best you can. And if you feel like you should get checked or someone around you should don't, don't be shy. Absolutely. So this is, this is, this is very great. This is very important stuff that you're doing. And mm-hmm. it seems like it's, you know, it's going, it's going really well. The response has been good. How, like, what can people just tell people again before, you know, before I let you sure. go, like what, what, how can people donate? Like, what is the exact, and, and send me the link too, so I can put it all, mm-hmm. make sure I put it all in the, in the show notes and all that kind of stuff to, to have the link in front of people, but just like, like how, how can people donate to this? How can people 
you know, get involved and help out. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, like I said, go to trailblazers.com and then you have to do slash Brooke, or yeah, slash heart. I, I always want to say Brooke <laughs> slash heart. <laughs> there's a lot of Brooks. There's a lot of hearts. So you go trailblazers.com slash heart. And then you'll see a story and some links to those interviews you were talking about. And if you scroll down, it says donate now. And it really doesn't take that much time. I know it can be daunting when it looks like your name is blah, blah. blah and I'm like, oh, I just don't even feel like doing this, which I totally understand. Right. But it doesn't take that long. And uh, you can donate. Just put your, you can put your name. You can do anonymous, whatever you feel comfortable with. I have no, ma- no matter the amount, I am grateful. And then if you want to kind of be part of our little community, you, know, you can buy the hat, which the proceeds also. So you're donating either way. It's a good hat. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's a good uh, hat. I see, I see, I see a ton of them out there. There's so, people are so great. And it's so funny. Like, uh, Jeff, uh, <laughs> Jeff, who's one of our, I call them my stage managers. They have many other jobs, but they're just very, they're on the stage with me on, uh, on the concourse for pre post yeah. And Jeff is kind of like runs the, the show. Like he's definitely manages, like he's talking to fans. He's, you know, making sure all of our equipment works and he's just kind of running the show up there. And he's so funny. He'd see people with hats come by and I brought these chocolate hearts. Like if I saw someone in a hat, like Jeff, can you run and give that to him and say, thank you. And he asked one of the guys, uh, a wonderful, wonderful gentleman. He's like, would you sign it? I was like, are you sure? You want me to sign? I, yeah, I will. And so Jeff, I, I was like, that's really cool. And Jeff, after that, every time someone walked by and give him a, a, a heart, he's like, do you want her to sign it? <laughs> like, maybe they don't. <laughs> he like kind of wrote, he like kind of roped you into like, now you have to like sign all these autographs. And yeah, no, I don't mind, but like, you know, it's a hat. If, if it drives more sales it. of the hat, if people know they can go get it, get it signed by you at the arena, that makes more people buy well, the hat, which is going to then raise more money. Like, I would be happy to, but I totally understand if you want a nice, clean white hat, don't think like, don't think you have to say yes to that. If Jeff right. asks you. But then it was funny. Uh, one of the, one of our great fans who listens to our podcast and he's super active on Twitter was like, uh, well, I got one. So then I saw him the next game with just a white hat and I knew I had signed it. I was like, Oh, what happened to that? I go, did you wash it? He goes, no, that one's in the man cave. I got another one to wear. I was like, oh man, I'm sorry if I made you buy a second one. I didn't well, you know to- the you know the saying about like what people like people. I'm not a big like sneaker collector, but people who mm-hmm. buy like two pairs of the shoes and are like mm-hmm. one to rock, one to stock. So maybe people sure. are doing that with the Brook Hearts, your hard hats too. And I appreciate it. It's it's all going to a great cause. But thank you to everyone if you donated. Uh, if you told people about it, if you just had a conversation about it, uh, if you're coming to the game again, if you still can if you are available on the night of the 27th i would love to see you i'd love to hang out with you and that would be a fun night for everyone just kind of get together like i said put uh, put a bow on the end of the month and be able to see some faces to names and then also the the hats they're still available at rip city clothing company you can buy them at moda or you can buy them online so either one and thank you in advance Awesome. So look, this is this is this has been awesome. Thank thanks a lot for doing this. And everybody go everybody go check out the Brooke Hearts Your Heart stuff, you know, give some money, buy a hat, whatever you want to do. But it's you know, it's all great stuff. It's all going to a great cause. Brooks, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you for having me on, Sean. You're the you're the greatest. I appreciate you.